to say, so let me pray for you. Lord, I just thank you for James. Lord, I thank you for the journey that he's been on. I thank you for the man that you've created him to be. I thank you for his words of wisdom, um, for his amazing insight into to you. And Lord, as he brings us your word this morning, just bless his words to us. Open our ears, Lord, and just, um, just speak through him, we pray. Amen. Morning. It feels a... Uh, it feels quite sad to to be doing my last sermon here today, um, and also exciting for for what's to come next. Uh, I, w- I wonder what your weeks have all been like. What you what you've done this week? We um, we went and bought a new van, which is uh, it's quite cool. We got an absolute steal on it, and um, and we've started to convert it to a camper. So um, we spent yesterday, so there was this big steel thing behind both of the uh, front seats remnants from when it was like a panel van, and uh, it took me all day to get that out with a with a grinder and stuff. So that was that was fun, wasn't it, Erin? Yeah, Erin was supervising. <laughs> I'm going to open in prayer. Father God, I surrender this time over to you today. And I pray that you open our hearts to receive you. And I ask that you give me the words that you want me to deliver and speak through me in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, before, when I was at the back of the church, Mary came over to me and she said that she wants me to, to make this one really passionate. Um, so I'll do my best, Mary. <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, do you know, the, uh, the the sermon today on this Bible verse is the first sermon that I ever delivered. And uh, that was here, and that was four years ago. It was almost four years ago to the day. And um, I just thought it would be fitting to go out on that one as well. Can you think of a time when you felt like you've been face-to-face with a lion? And I'm not talking about like when you went to the safari park and one went past your car. I mean a time in your life when you felt like you were facing something that absolutely terrified you. A challenge, something that was impossible to achieve. Well, 14 years ago, I took a step and I made the decision that changed my life. And it was a difficult decision. At that time, I was terrified. I was a young lad, I had a baby, I was suffering with depression and PTSD, and I felt broken. I'd had a difficult childhood, I grew up with parents in addiction, and a brother who was really mentally ill, and I, I was struggling, and I felt like I was carrying the weight of the world on my shoulders, and aims in life that, that other people might find easy, I found hard, like just getting through school, getting an education, getting a job having a nice house, being a good parent. All of those things terrified me. How could I possibly do those things when I'd never seen it modeled in my life before? And I made a decision that changed the trajectory of my life, and that was to surrender my life to God and ask Jesus into my life. And since then, life hasn't always been easy. It's been tough, really tough, but it's transformed me. Because I looked at life and everything that terrified me about it. And I decided to be courageous. 
and live for Jesus. And I chased the lion. And my lion was having no accommodation, no education, no job, and no hope. Every odd stacked against me. And I got an education. I worked hard and got a career. I provided a loving home for my children. I've got a beautiful wife. And I wonder what your lions might be. Perhaps you're in a similar situation that I was in. Perhaps you realize that your life's become unmanageable. And you can't do it on your own anymore. Or maybe you've been a Christian for years and you face different lions. Perhaps your physical health isn't great or a loved one's sick that you're looking after. Maybe you've got something that's consuming everything that, that, that it is is about you and life's just difficult. Maybe you're retired and your finances are not what they used to be. And just your lion's just making ends meet. It's in the new lion now. And that lion is, is the calling that, that God placed on my life, the calling to, to ordained ministry. And it, and it scares me. And I feel like I'm being stared out by this giant big lion. And my natural instinct is to go that way and not go towards it. And it's hard. And I wonder, what's God calling you to? And does it scare you? Today's verse was, was written during King David's time or, or a generation after King David. And it's about a time when God elects David as his deputy to represent kingship by his eternal covenant. Some would say that this time David is like a prototype for the Messiah, Jesus. It's an epic story of a nation led by a heroic leader. It's a time when David fulfilled the promise to Abraham and he is the king of Israel. And in 2 Samuel 23, it's a list of David's 37 mighty men. A list of men whose courage was unmatched, whose loyalty to David was undivided. They were ready to lay down their lives in place of David. And perhaps these mighty men were drawn to a dreamer. And a dreamer who had a God-sized dream. And Benaiah is only mentioned a few times in the Bible. But when he shows up, he's doing something cool, something incredible. In 2 Samuel 23, 20, it's perhaps thought of a biblical byline buried somewhere in the second book of Samuel. Excuse me. Yet in this verse is one of the most counterintuitive acts in all of scripture. Benaiah chases a lion into a pit and kills it. I'll tell you about Benaiah. Benaiah is named as one of the 37 warriors of David. And he's on. David honored him and put him in charge of all the other bodyguards. And David had a lot of enemies. And scripture doesn't explain what Benaiah was doing when he crossed paths with a, with a lion. We don't know what time of day it was. We don't know what frame of mind he was in. But it does reveal his gut reaction. Put yourself in his shoes. I'll set the scene for you. It's been a snowy day. It's freezing cold outside. Your vision's obscured by the snow. You're aching in the cold. Your hands are sore and numb. And then suddenly, you see a 500-pound man-eating lion. And your whole body goes tense with adrenaline. And it's, you're rushing through your whole body, this adrenaline. And you realize this lion is looking at you. And it's stalking its prey. And its prey is you. What do you do? 
tell you what Benaiah did. He didn't turn away and run in the opposite direction like most man versus lion stories. A fully grown lion can run 36 miles an hour and it can jump 30 feet into the air. Benaiah didn't stand a chance. Every odd was stacked against him, but that didn't stop him. Filled with courage, he ran towards the lion and he gave it chase and the lion ran down into a pit. Benaiah looks down and sees this massive beast looking at him and it's him or the beast and he kills it. A decision that completely changed Benaiah's life. Firstly, he was able to see another day. And secondly, because of that one act of courage, it impacted his future in a massive way. If you find yourself fighting with a lion in the pit, in the snow, that's a big problem to have. Probably the last problem that you're ever going to have. But can you imagine what I killed a lion in the snow looked like on Benaiah's CV when he was applying for the job of David's head bodyguard for the whole king of Israel. Well, Benaiah landed the job. And not only that, he climbed the military chain of command and became commander-in-chief of Israel's army. One decision. And I'll tell you this, the same is true for everybody here in this room. You're one decision away from a new life. And the same is true for St. Andrews as a church. Because there's been a lot of changes in St. Andrews recently, haven't there? The last few months, last few years. James Green left us. Tim's gone. Mark Wilkes got a new job and moved on. We felt the sting of the pandemic. We're bumbling through an interregnum. I'm going. Maybe we're worried about what the new vicar's going to be like. If he'll be any good. And then we've got Fifth Mission. What's that going to be like? Are things going to change? And how will they change? Because change is scary, isn't it? You could say that it's like St. Andrews is facing a lion. And if I asked you, what's your dream? What would your answer be? And when I say dream, I don't mean when you go to sleep. I mean, what's your vision for the future? What you want out of life? What's your purpose? What you want for this church? What you want for the people of Clubmore? What is it? Do you want more justice in Clubmore? Do we want more justice in Clubmore? And when I say justice, I mean, do you want the people in Clubmore to flourish? Do you want there to be less poverty, less abuse, less marginalization, less discrimination, less ableism, less racism, and more inclusion where people can be included regardless of their views? Do you want people in Clubmore to know the love of God and be impacted by it in such a way that they experience the kingdom of God coming down from heaven into this community? I get excited when I hear about Fifth for Mission. Although we haven't heard an awful lot about it and it's a bit confusing. It sounds good because I want to see more people living for Jesus. I want to see more salvation in Clubmore. And when I say salvation, I don't mean 
that I believe that if St. Andrews doesn't act or doesn't go out into Clubmore and get the people to ra- say the right player, that they're going to be damned for the rest of eternity. What I mean is we have an opportunity to join God and be part of how he is restoring the whole of creation here in Clubmore. And it's a big opportunity to see people beginning a journey of transformation, to experience heaven now, to experience hell being broken now. The hell that people live in in this community is here and it's real. I know it because I've lived in it. And it's an exciting time for the church. And there comes a time when we have to realize that the purpose of life isn't to arrive safely at death. In reality, most of us forfeit our dreams at the altar of fear and spend our lives running away from the things that we're afraid of. We see a lion stalking us and we run and hide. And the reason I'm able to stand here and tell you this today is because St. Andrews, as a church, had a dream. And that dream was to see the people of Clubmore healed. And they went out onto the streets and they asked people if they wanted to be prayed for, for healed. And they chased that lion and they took hold of it by the mane. And they had the courage for it. And I was one of the people that they prayed for. Because God uses every single one of us He loves us all equally, and he has a plan for us all. And he doesn't just call the elite, and I know that because he called me. And I believe that we're all made to be courageous by following our God-given dreams and callings. We enable people to be able to dream for God. How big is your God? When we answer this question, we often have all the right answers, don't we? He's all-consuming, indescribable, bigger than the ever-expanding universe. How big are your dreams and your vision for the community? Are they as big as your God? And I don't know about you, but I don't want to get to the end of my life and regret not taking the God-given opportunities, not pursuing the God-given passions. So what does it mean for us all to be lion chasers and how do we chase our lions? Well, if you haven't given your life to Jesus and you've come here today and it's the first time you've heard about it, that's a pretty good start. And I'd love to pray with you about that. Come and speak to me during the next little worship. And those of us who have decided to live for God, God has called you. Every single one of you has got a calling on your life. And we need to see ourselves as part of God's big story in the world and an expression of his love for our community. No matter what your circumstances are, God has a plan and a purpose for your life. And we'd love to pray with you about that. And God loves St. Andrews and God loves Clubmore. So over the next few months and years, I encourage you all to become a church of lion chasers. A church with a dream as big as your God. To join God in his mission to love and transform Clubmore, to become a church that includes everyone regardless of our differences. And just so you know, I'll be praying for you and cheering you on. And when I think about St. Andrews, I will always think about it as my home. And it's been a home that has been a place of love and acceptance 
and a place that has helped me journey to become the man that I am. A place that I, t- I just can't describe what it would be like if I didn't have St. Andrews in my life and all of you people here. A place that where the first time in my life I felt valued and loved. And like I've got a place where I belong. And I'd like to lead us all in a response now. So if you could close your eyes, I'm going to pray for us. Come Holy Spirit. I want you to picture Jesus in your mind. And picture walking with him. And you're walking with him in our community. You can feel the breath of the wind on your face. The sun shining down on you. And you can hear the birds singing. And as you're walking along with Jesus, you're thinking about the lions that you face personally. And the lions that St. Andrews as a church face. And you look at Jesus. And you tell him what those lions are. You tell him how they make you feel. What does Jesus say to you? What's God calling you to? Oh Jesus, I pray that you speak to us all now and help us to discern and begin to journey with what it is and who it is that you're calling us to be. Perhaps God has given you another dream. Chase the lion and take hold of its mane and let see Club more transformed. And while you're discerning what God is calling you to, spend time with other Christians, with other people in this church, other people in our deanery, other expressions within um, the Fit for Mission. Get to know them. See what they've got to offer. We often tell ourselves, I can't do that. I'm too old. I'm too young. God can't use me. My past's too bad. I've done too many bad things. I've failed one too many times. I'm not able to do that because I'm too sick. I work too much. I haven't got time to do that. I'll burn out. The Bible's full of people that God used. If you look at David... A man that Benaiah would lay his life down for. A man who's known for being a man after God's own heart. Well, David had his fair share of failings. He was an adulterer. But God used him. God can use you too. Since I decided to give my life to God, my life's changed massively. To live for Jesus cost me everything but I've gained so much more than I could ever imagine and I'm looking forward to continuing to chase the lion I'm just going to finish in prayer Lord God I thank you that you love us and you have a purpose for us in our lives I thank you that you love our community and that you love the people in Clubmore and that there's a hope for every person here and Lord I pray that you make us Courageous for Jesus. Make us mighty warriors like Benaiah. Help us to step out and discern what it is you're calling us to. 
And I pray that you give each and every one of us a God-given, God-sized dream. And show us what you can do when we dream for you. And I pray with the pounding of our hearts cry, we will serve the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. to that in the way that you want to. Um, there were three things I think that James invited us to there. Um, one was about knowing how big God is. And if, you're, if you don't know how big God is, come and let somebody pray for you at the front and open your heart to him. The other was about how big your dream is. And God might be stirring you in that. There might be something that you're thinking of that you know that you've had placed on your heart, something that you've been thinking about. We'd love to pray pray for you for that too. And the final thing, I was really stuck by three words that James said, stacked against us. And sometimes it feels like things are stacked against us, doesn't it? And, and we want to knock down some stacks. So let's pray for, for removing any of the things that are in the way. So if any of that means anything to you, come out the front. And if I can invite anybody who's kind of um, on, been on the prayer ministry team over the years to, to come out to the front and pray with people, and we'd love to pray for you as we worship. I don't know about anyone else. But... <laughs>